What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Black Print Podcast, where we discuss life, relationships, and everything in between to help us design the layout for Black millennial living. I'm your host, Adriana. We are so excited to be back for season four. This is... <laughs> this is actually, I think, the longest break that we've taken, but um, it was so necessary. It was. I agree. Um... We miss everyone though. Absolutely. It wasn't even that long. I don't know why we're moving actually. Like, it feels been- like it's been like a year. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Like to me, it feels like we've been MIA and but you know what? Sometimes it's necessary. It was a, it's a, it was a sabbatical for us. <laughs> we'll call it that. <laughs> this has been a very interesting there's a lot has happened. A lot has been taking place. And so and I think that we like if we can, you know, give ourselves our flowers, like we have been going hard. Like we're at season four. Come on now. There are a lot of people that don't get to this point. So I feel like we deserved it. We did deserve it. We, we really, really did. And yeah, a lot has been going on. The worlds. Well, let me not say the worlds. <laughs> let me not even say Canada. <laughs> Ontario has been a very scary place to be. It's exploding. I. The <sighs> problem is that we're in the twilight zone and we can't. Like, can you explain to me what's going on? I can't. I actually, I can't. I, I'm scared, bro. Like, I can't <laughs> this. Okay, so... Dougie? Mm. Doug Ford? I don't know why everyone's calling him Dougie. Like, we're best friends. Like, I don't like that name. It's too nice. It's a nice nickname. I don't no, think... It's not that. even nice. Like, now, at this point, we have to, we're clowning him. We're making him into a kid. We're making him into, like, a little boy. Dougie. Because he doesn't have sense. He doesn't have grown man sense. I'm calling him Mr. Ford. Mr. Ford. <laughs> Mr. We're, we're sticking to government names over here. <laughs> I don't like you. Period. Like, we're not friends. Because he actually just added stress on top of stress. And we need to talk. We need to, this, no. Something needs to be done. Doug Ford. You know, the interesting thing about him and his government is at the beginning of the pandemic, Well, let's just talk about even before the pandemic. I think, you know, I wasn't a fan. I'm just going to say it like straight up. Like I wasn't a fan. He made cuts to um, public funding on every level possible. Every level. Um, He made life hard for people like you and me and anyone who looks like us. That's the nicest way to put it. Um, But I mean, we know what his government stands for. And I think it was inevitable. Come pa- pandemic, I was kind of surprised that he kind of handled himself the way he handled himself. Absolutely. Like I was, and I don't know if it's because we it's an unprecedented situation. So I, I didn't, I don't know what to expect, but I was really, I'm not going to say I was a fan, but I was like, okay, you know, we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, but I can kind of see where he's headed with, you know, his very, like he, he seemed like his policies were, with it you know like it made sense and i like the way he was handling things quickly on time it seemed efficient it seemed effective at the time um fast forward to today um i'm scared how did we get here and it was it was a facade it was a lie it was all a lie you know what it is i feel like 
Okay, so for me, like you said, I was never a fan, ever a fan, first of all. Like, I don't want to get too political, but I'm going to get political anyways. I don't believe in any government that doesn't take care of people and people meaning all people, not business owners, not, you know, CEOs, not mm -hmm. people who don't need anybody to take care of them. I'm talking about you're only as strong as your weakest link. So mm -hmm. let's just make sure that everybody has what they need. So by sheer, like, what side of the line he falls on alone, I was not interested. Right. Then add that to who he has shown himself to be, right? And be clear, this man is no politician. He's just a dude. Like, this is just a guy. And I'm just like, what's going on? He was Trump from the initial stage. From the very beginning, he was like, oh, wow, Trump is... Trump was coming to Canada like this is just you you could feel it then when you got in power and there's cuts to OSAP there's cuts to healthcare there's there's fights with the teachers everything every every on every frontier possible him freezing the minimum wage hike if you were paying attention to Ontario politics you knew that this did not mean good news for for most people it did not and the, literally as soon as he came in, in power there were dark days for many folks right and so okay cool fast forward you know 2020 march covid hits there's an emergency what we all appreciated about dougie back then is that he was responding to the very imminent public health crisis he seemed quite concerned concerned about the health of people and he, that seemed to be at the forefront so mm -hmm. a lot of people were very um shocked myself included at how much he seemed to care for the well-being his government was a very responsive government but mind you looking at canadian politics in general <laughs> it's a very very passive very very it's not exciting. Let me just put it that way. So yeah. I think when you when you have a leader that like that comes into and I don't I think it was more situational than anything for Doug Ford because I feel like anyone in that position would have had to have been a responsive politician, Absolutely. a responsive government because we are in crisis mode. Absolutely. So I think it just I think my initial or our re initial reaction to you know how he responded to COVID nineteen was oh someone okay it's it's getting done you know like we're doing what we need to do to make sure that people are safe people are at home and you know the covid policies seemed okay it is now a year plus. april 17th <laughs> 2021 why are we still using the same measures you know the thing is what that that is interesting is that the problem how we got to this point actually started about this time last year. The reason why I say that is because we, yes, we had very good lockdowns at the beginning and it seemed like there were things put in place to make sure that people were protected and safe. However, by the time we got to the point of the first lockdown where they were starting to open things up and whatever, the problem is that when they were opening things up, they were, they were opening up without any clear strategy at all. That's right. what we get to hear, right? We get to hear because from the first domino fell last year when they were relieving us from the first lockdown because there were no, there was no thought for the future. It was just kind of like, 
while our economy is suffering and people need to go continue shopping and da, 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 so let's free up the thing. All right, cool. Everything free up. And then after it's like, we have summer, whatever, cases look like they're going down again, second wave hits, then you lock down again. The, and then you have this zoning thing. There's a gray zone and a red zone and a green zone and a yellow zone. And then people are traveling across regional lines and da 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 da, da. The planning was poor from the beginning. That's how we get to third wave COVID where there's 500 cases, 5,000 cases a day in Ontario. That's how you get to the point where there are, there are hundreds of people in the ICU and all this other kind of stuff. You failed months and months and months ago to figure out a clear strategy on how we can allow people to live their lives and still be safe at the same time. And that's because he has his friends, his little buddies in his little pocket that he's trying to protect. And he doesn't care about me and you. He doesn't. He doesn't. And so these lockdowns, I mean, it's... No. And it, I mean, he it, ultimately, that's really what it comes down to. The government does not care about people like us. And I mean, if you just look at the the stress it's been putting on just the general population. So I understand if you're a business owner, how frustrated you are. I understand as, as parents, how frustrated you are. I don't have kids and I can understand how messed up it is that kids are going to school and then they're not going, they're not returning. Then they're going to school. Then they're staying at home. Then they're going to school. How many times have we had that? Mind you, the year prior, kids were out of school majority of that year because of the striking. Yeah, exactly. So kids now also caused as well. That was, yes, that was also because of Doug Ford, Mr. Ford. (laughs) So take in now kids have a gap in their education of, uh, I would say two years at this point. And kids have to go to high school, kids have to go to university, kids have to make their credits some way, somehow. And that's just looking at education alone. Talking about parents and the stress that they've had to go through, through this whole thing, arranging childcare. People can't afford childcare to begin with. <laughs> yeah. People literally cannot afford it. And now you're telling parents who have to go to work to stay home with their kids and make arrangements for the kids to stay home when schools close. It's it's okay maybe one time. You know, if that's going to be the consistent, if you're going to make sure that families stay home and you're going to be able to, you know, make arrangements around that for childcare, for, for parents who have to work, who can't work, that's great. But the fact that it's been the flip-flopping, I think that's what's getting to people. The fact that it's, it's on and off, on and off, on and off. That in itself has been the biggest headache. Absolutely. Absolutely. For Ontarians, I think, in yeah. personally. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't know how to plan your life because it's like you at every moment, even when they with even when the place free up, you're always open for the you're you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop like okay like you know like when are we gonna be able to and let me go to the mall because I don't know if the mall's gonna shut down like Mm -hmm. let me go like you're so like worried and concerned you don't even know how to people don't even know how to plan their life events like they're like okay when I want to have a wedding should I have a wedding I don't know 50 people are allowed I feel so bad for people no for real when you continue to push people when you restrict people to this degree I mean no one's going to care at some point. 
you know what it is too? It's not even just that, you know, it's too many lockdowns and people don't care. It's that we've been watching this thing play out and we recognize that there were things that Doug Ford could have done and he has not done. That adds to the frustration. It's all well and good if we see that you have done everything possible. We see that the vaccines are rolling out, everything is what it's supposed to be, and then it's still not going down. If people felt like the numbers were skyrocketing, even though we were doing everything in our power, and the government said the last resort is that we have to lock down again, I really think that people would be like, okay, fine. Because we see that you guys are doing everything in your power, the vaccines are rolling out, everything is what it's supposed to be, and the cases still aren't going down. Okay, we have to be locked up again, all right, we'll lock up. But when you don't do what you're supposed to do, and then you try to make it my problem, that you didn't do what you're supposed to do. That's what I'm saying. It it's, it's, bla- it's shifting the blame. People are literally at home. The only time people, most people are leaving their house is to go get food. Yeah. That's literally it. You have closed everything else. On top of that, you haven't, you haven't created new facilities for people. Like you, you need more ICU beds to carry people who are sick. And then on top of that, you need more vaccines. Where are the vaccines? This- that is the greatest question that this, i have this man this is the problem the problem is that he's a cheapskate this is this is the reality when it comes to something like this we recognize that when we talk about um covid spreading amongst you know racialized communities and low-income neighborhoods when you look at the places that they call hot spots there's a common thread between a lot of those places, which is, you know, a certain income level and a certain demographic present, um, present in those neighborhoods, right? They have said, according to most recent data, that like 82% of cases in the GTA are people who are low income or from like marginalized communities. What we see is that when it comes to a lot of the policies that have been put in place as it relates to COVID prevention, they don't acknowledge the, they don't, they don't, they're not policies that are uh, geared towards helping people in certain marginalized communities protect themselves from COVID. Because let's be very clear about this. When it comes to lockdown and staying home, you have to be in a position of privilege to even do that in the first place. Exactly. And so you are not, the factory worker can't operate the factory line from inside their house online on Zoom. Okay. So when it comes down to what you can do to prevent the spread of COVID, that's not telling, you know, me and you to stay at home, which we've been staying at home. That's not the issue. The issue is, can you force the employer to give people paid sick leave so that they don't have to come to work sick so that we can stop the outbreaks in some of these huge facilities that people are forced to work at because there is no, on top of CERB and CRB being like challenging and difficult to navigate, there has been no provincial money provided. Like there are some provinces that have been like, all right, Will every citizen of British Columbia or every citizen of whatever province, we're going to give you X, Y, Z amount of dollars a month. Doug Ford has shelled out no money. There's been zero coin present. And so people have to go out there and work. There is no eviction freeze. OSAP, uh, OSAP repayment or whatever is not, is not frozen either. There are a lot of people that still have to go out there and pay their bills. Why? Because there has been nothing put in place to stop some of these predatory people from like, you know, I don't know, evicting people out of their homes or, you know, 
putting people's credit in jeopardy by sending them to collections and all that other kind of stuff. People have to go work. If people have to go work and they have to work at places where online is not available, then you have to do something to tell these employers that when somebody has COVID, they can't come to work. Like, yeah. well, we know, we know that blanket policies affect the little guy. We've been knowing this um, and COVID blanket policies would be no different <laughs> obviously they affect the people who let's just say they help the people that need it the least always always <laughs> and i don't know why it's we're forgetting that just because it's covid i understand that you need to move fast and make policies fast but it doesn't mean that you get to hurt people in the process um let's talk about vaccinations and how we've been knowing that the areas that have been hit the hardest with COVID are obviously racialized communities and the communities where people are the essential workers. Yeah. Like they live, they live, they're, they're only hotspots because the majority of those people living in those communities are essential workers. Yeah. When you're creating a vaccine rollout plan, knowing the data that you know, like you don't even have to show me the data. I already know that that's what it is. It's not going to affect the communities where most people are working from home in their three-story house. You can spread out if you have COVID. You can you have different places to be able to, to isolate when people do get sick, if they even get sick, because you guys are able to, you know, your kids go to really great schools. They can afford to do online learning and yada, yada, yada. It's going to affect the communities that can't do those things, who, who, who literally it's like six, seven people living in, in public housing. Yeah. Why wouldn't your vaccine rollout plan start with those communities first because he doesn't care about them i it just it just i don't know like to me i'm just like let's go vaccinate old people in a in a home that, and let's just say like of course older adults do need to be vaccinated i have nothing against that but why, where? where do they go i know i know i know i know i i trust me i have my mm, i understand i i know but at the same time it's it's one of those things where it's just like the blatant disrespect and racism that we're seeing unfold. And because, and this is my problem with, with COVID policies, because it is an emergency and because it is something that changes from day to day, it's one of those things where we literally, we have no time to be able to process and call the government out on on the policies that they're um, they're implementing because it's it's so quick and it's so it's ever changing. You really can't like I think it was something um, about the hotspots. I forget what what the situation was, but they didn't list any of the areas where racialized communities live when they were talking about where they were planning to to roll out the vaccines mm-hmm. in um, in low income neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And I think it was someone a reporter that like called it out or oh, I, think I remember what you're talking about. so do you not if, yeah. if that person had not flagged it what would have happened then that's my question and it's because because there's so much going on there's so much information being thrown at us we yeah. literally don't have the ability to sit there and say okay hold on wait like well what about this like if you do this this is what's going to happen like no one's there for those checks and balances before you implement policy that are going to be detriment like it's going to hurt people even the narrative about hotspots irritates me it's so annoying i like we haven't spoken about that no one's talking about like how covid hotspots let's talk about why they're hot spots. thank you 
Let, let's 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 define what a hotspot is and why a hotspot is a hotspot. Because I, I feel like it just shifts the blame onto the, <laughs> like the narrative is the reason why we're sinking and we're drowning in COVID issues is because we have these COVID hotspots. Yeah, like, they're, they're still forcing people to go to work. Thank you. Like, first of all, let's talk about the fact that the reason why these places are like the reason why these places are hotspots, obviously, is because these are the people that have to go to work. And a lot of these people, because of the trash economy and the horrendous housing market, are living with like 15, 20 people in one house. Mm -hmm. Okay. So on top of there being a million people that have to are forced to live in a house, on top of a lot of those people still having to go to work and they're because they're essential workers. Because they're essential workers and there are no uh, paid sick days for those people. We also have to add the fact that a lot of these people rely on public transit. Hmm. odds are they have not been protecting people on public transit because i've been seeing bus loads of people yeah you have to go on one bus like what do you think is actually happening on that like, bus where there are hundreds of people on that bus that's what i'm saying right and we're not we don't care about that i know people who have not left their house when i tell you have not left their house one single time since March of last year. Literally. You know why? Because they said that they get everything, they do grocery order to their house, mm-hmm. all their other little pickups from Walmart or whatever, they get that all brought to their house. Most people live in Stouffville and all these other type of areas where they have these people that are able to come and drop the grocery at their door and da 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 those are the people. That's why their area is not a COVID hotspot. Their area is not a COVID hotspot because they have the extra money. You don't have to leave your house. They don't have to leave their house at all. At all. And so when you think about like this vaccine rollout or whatever, them choosing to not vaccinate essential workers first and foremost is them choosing, is them choosing to leave minority and low income low income communities unprotected honestly we could probably talk about this for hours and i think we have like um (laughs) we like i mean this is just a normal part of our day now as ontarians like we literally talk to people about how much we hate what's going on um in our province in our cities um what's the one thing you would tell doug ford right now like if you if you could catch him on road what would you tell this man because i have i I would give him an earful the one thing that i would tell him is to step down immediately that's step down step down immediately Immediately. can we impeach a no i'm really like is that an option can i like google that like i need to figure something out i want to know what my my rights are as a citizen of this province can we fire you buddy like i wouldn't i don't even have i have no more words you know when you're over somebody you're like actually you're actually just Mm -mm -mm. you're too dense to actually get what I'm what, what I'm gonna say. And the thing is, I understand like politics, like he's probably being stretched in every direction. I understand that, but that is not our problem. You need to figure out what is going on because we're sick and tired. And I honestly would have more grace for him if he wasn't out here trying to kill people. When you tell the police that they have the they have sweeping authority to go out there and, you know, I can't even talk about that. Why they're on the road and all that stuff. What you're really trying to say is that you don't care if we die now. Cuz this is a life or death thing. Like, but you know, that's what I'm trying to say in in this day and age in 2021, if you're giving police the authority 
to essentially we're back to carting. That's all it really is. Absolutely. Something that people work very, very hard to. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I have no words. Like, how do we get here? And how do you think that's okay? Like, like this- as a government, it is your job to... I don't care. Build a hospital before you tell me a, a police can pull me over. Thank you. Like you, that is your job. They do what they need to do. They they are choosing to not protect people. They are choosing to turn a blind eye to the policies that they're creating that affect people who are marginalized and racialized. Like we can't forget that. And I I, I just I, I'm waiting for the scandal. In two three years, you're gonna see things happening. You're gonna see things come to light. I promise you that. Absolutely, because we already can see that there are certain interests being protected. Listen, I can't talk about Dougie anymore. Mm-mm. At this point, if I caught Dougie on roads, the only thing I would say is hang it up. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our rant, our COVID Doug Ford rant. Because listen, we we know that everybody feels how we feel right now. But anyways, we're back, season four. Um, stay tuned next Thursday where we drop our um, episode two of the season. And we promise we're not gonna we're not gonna rant again. Maybe I don't know. I'm not sure. But <laughs> no guarantees. No guarantees. Anyways, follow us on all socials at the Blackprint Podcast. Stay connected, interact with us. We can't wait for um, how fun and exciting this season is going to be. So stay with us. Bye. Bye. <laughs>